The content warning of the play is this play contains sexual content, scenes of sexual violence, and racially violent language. It was funny that when we gave the content warning, it was like, and people were like, this is so great that you're saying racially violent language because we've been trying to figure out how to say that. We don't even have language for what that means, you know? I really am really appreciative of my cast because they, they work through a lot of very violent things. Welcome to the Yale Gradcast. I'm Julia Marshall, one of the producers for the program. Today we're introducing the first episode of a new regular podcast segment called Campus Conversations. In this segment, which we'll be working to put out regularly, we'll be talking with professors and graduate students on campus who are conducting new cutting-edge research, developing creative work, or are trying to get the word out about some new ideas. In today's segment, we'll be talking to Jeremy O. Harris, a second year at the Yale School of Drama. He recently wrote a play called Slave Play, and Barab Edwan, a fellow podcast producer, and I had the pleasure to see the play and interview Jeremy. The play was emotional, provocative, creative, and simply fantastic. We hope that you'll enjoy hearing our interview with Jeremy, and also will tune in to future campus conversations. So without further ado, here is Jeremy. My name is Jeremy O'Harris. The O has a period after it, so it's not like O'Harris. It's just Jeremy O. Harris. And I'm a second-year playwright in the Yale School of Drama. I grew up all over. I was like a military brat until my parents got a divorce. And then I lived in Martinsville, Virginia. I went to high school there, this like sort of gross, white, like class of 27 private school called Carlisle School. I went to uh, the theater school at DePaul University for acting. I was an acting major there, and then I got cut, because they have a cut in that program. So I was like, just transferred to poetry, and I was like a poetry major for a year. And then I started working as an actor, and I was like, see, I can do it. I don't need a BFA. And then I like ran away to LA and lived in LA for six years. And while I was in LA, I started writing plays and traveling a lot, and I had a lot of friends who were artists in a lot of different capacities, and a lot of friends who worked in television and in film. And I started thinking about like all these plays I used to love, and I just decided to write to play. And then three years later, I decided to come in for playwriting. What's the process with these kind of early plays? And we can like talk about how that changed yeah. now, basically after grad school. You remember exactly like what? Yeah, I think there's always like a seed of a thing. And that seed is generally something like really personal or like, um, vaguely autobiographical, you know? And then I take the seed of this moment. Like, the moment could be, like, um, I'm on a podcast with two people talking. Like, I could be like, oh, that could be an interesting thing. And so then we'll start there. Like, that'll be the seed. And then I'll sit with that seed. And then generally the seed bursts the title first. Like, that's the first sprig. And so, like, the title could be, like, the mic stand. Mm -hmm. And then my brain likes to really take a title through every permeation of what it can mean. Yeah. And so then the mic stand becomes like the, the guiding figure for like, or the guiding um, principle in my brain when I think about this play about three mm. people sitting around a mic doing a podcast, and then it grows from there. Do you feel it's like work? Or do you feel like, because at some point like there's like inspiration, the fun part of it, and then there's the part that's actual work. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely work. I think that a lot of the work is the sort of labor of, the, the creative labor of 
of gestating this idea. You know, I think a lot about like, uh, I talk a lot about how my plays feel like they were born of me. Like it's like, it doesn't, it, I've never written a play that um, I had the idea for in less than six months. Like it's like generally like, I sit with the idea of a play for almost a year before I can like write it honestly. How many plays do you work with on the same time? Because like, do you have like, can you like be in that space in one play and then jump to another play and then be in a completely different space, or do you commit yourself to one play at a time? Yeah, it's really difficult here because uh, I think before I came here, all I had the luxury of doing was right thinking about one play. But here you have the luxury of because they, it's a fully paid program and like there's only three playwrights and you know you have the luxury of. Only of focusing on as many plays as many projects as you want. So when I was working on this play, I was working on three other plays. So um, my first semester, I was finishing up work on uh, a play called Water Sports at the same time that I was working on this play. Um, I was also finishing up a play called The Feels that was happening at the same time as this. And what's funny is that like, um, I wrote an essay for Vice last year about um, decolonizing my desire and how this play, uh, th th this play isn't mentioned in the article, but it is like water sports is. And water sports was a play, like my other play, Daddy, that were trying to answer like a very similar question about white entanglement. And you could hear echoes of certain questions and certain things through there. And the thing that's really exciting about slave play is that I think this is the closest I, at this moment in my life, I need to get to an answer to that question. Mm -hmm. And like, I get to it there and you hear, if, you, if, if someone ever goes back and has the privilege of, or if I have the privilege of having my plays be read by multiple people, um, they, uh, they'll be able to read and track those questions in those three plays, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the slave play. Why did you have to write it? Is it like a, a setup? Like, uh, like, is there like a certain project that you have to do? The second year project? Is that what? Yes. Yeah. Like, so the second year project is called the Langston Hughes project, okay. and uh, you know, uh, the tenets of the project are are basically like putting up a play in a workshop uh, production. So having a workshop production of a play, and a workshop production of a play generally means uh, you don't have a full set, you don't have costumes, you have a shorter rehearsal period, and um, from for my druthers, the goal of this project was uh, how we collaborate with a dramaturg and a director and a company of actors over a uh, over a process to an end point, um, while also like listening to your play, hearing your play, and finding out the mechanics of your play. So in a way, like doing this play this year was me fulfilling that promise to myself to like explore this question really, f really uh, deeply and fully. What, what do you say the play is about ultimately? Like what's the core of the play, do you think, for you? Yeah. Like, if you want to describe it in a sentence, what would you I think that if I had to describe it in a sentence, um, it's about the, the unhealed scar um, of, racial, like, of racial violence and racial entanglement in our country that is indebted to the, um, the chattel slavery of antebellum South. So on that point, like, do you think like, there's clearly like, there's this underlying trauma that's happened in the past and 
uh, like, do you think, I mean, the play itself deals with it directly, but mm-hmm. the play itself is an example of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is like reliving the drama mm-hmm. as a way of like, like, like dealing with it. Yes. Do you think that's like, is that ultimately helpful or does that ultimately like just scar you more? Like, is that, like, that, like the memory itself is what reinvigorates the trauma itself. Yeah. Do you think, I don't know. What, I think that that's part of the investigation. Um, in the play, you know, I think that the first act sort of, um, hopefully if the first act is doing the job that it's doing, it, it's like, it's engaging with tropes and, um, tropes and performance styles that are recognizable to an American audience and in order to like erode their complicity in, uh, their sort of consumption of it. Um, and to like, you know, sort of like delight in the sort of like, wordplay and uh like ribald nature of this this very um big and long history of like antebellum performance in our country because you know there there's no there's no um american child i think who's been like spared the re-trauma the 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 constant traumaing that like comes from like engaging with like slave films um and slave narratives and also the sort of like inverse of that and seeing the like deep comic portrayal of like this deep dark history in our country so like that's the one that that's the first place i want us to like explore that actively like you know what does what does our complicity and like engaging with this trauma mean for us um when there is this sort of like historic embodied trauma that like is not dealt with at all in in any of those spaces yeah i'm curious because i grew up in georgia oh you did i felt like i i felt at the end i don't want to give too much away Mm -hmm. through this but when uh the main character kenisha kenisha is talking about going to the plantations on field trip i felt like i had had that experience as a kid too where it was yeah. sort of this bizarre thing that we would do in elementary school for fun but when i reflect on it it's very strange and bizarre and messed up and so i'm wondering in which ways you said you grew up in virginia mm-hmm. that part of the play is it autobiographical in any way yeah is it a reflection of your experience in any way what parts of you are in yeah, I mean my I my um my my the, my graduation party happened at the Harrison Plantation, which was a plantation that uh, a kid from my high school still lived at. <laughs> um, yeah, or the Hamlet Plantation, sorry, um, which was like really fucked. And I went to like Monticello when I was little. I went to like multiple plantation went on multiple plantation tours. I. You know, I, there's a line in the play which is like three, four, five, you know? I went to like five or six different plantation tours growing up, which was like really crazy. Um, and to look back on, and I, I'm also someone who has had like um, another part of the play that's very like, uh, that is very much aligned with me is the fact that like I have dated a lot of white partners who I didn't think, no matter how many ways I told them how traumatizing, like, being a black body in America was like just never heard that and never saw that they're not listening to that felt like a violence to me. I'm curious because you sent the warning to us beforehand that there would be sexual violence and stuff like that. So I was prepared going in. 
And as I was watching it, I felt like the violence that was portrayed was necessary and important. Mm -hmm. But while you were writing it, did you struggle with figuring out the level of violence that was required to convey your point? Yeah. Was that challenging as a writer to figure out, like, am I going too far? Is this too much? How did you calibrate? How did you think about it? Yeah, that? I think that um, it was really hard. Uh, because I've never, I've never put, um, that kind of violence in any of my plays, like, or at least not to a woman. Like, it's like, there have been a lot, my plays are deeply violent. Um, and that's like a, a you know, if anyone saw my cap show last year, like my play is my, my plays are constantly about the intersection of violence and desire. Right. So like. Um, and my capture was about like you know looking back at some of my like straight friends relationships and some of the really violent relationships that I've been a part of as a gay man and looking at the parallels of them so they, there's two parallel storylines that happen but the violence against the woman's body was like disembodied and like expressed in this very like sort of like poetic way and when I was thinking about this play I started thinking about like naturalism realism like the tools we use in, in theater, how theater is a place where, in, you know, at the beginning of the second act, they say, like, fantasy is important, blah, blah, blah. It's our first place of materiality, blah, blah, blah. So, like, recognizing, in a way, the sense that, like, because this is theater, there is the chance to, like, render a moment of sexual violence um, in a complex way to, like, get a complex goal with the goal of, like, catharsis, right? That, like, happens from these yeah. things um and yeah I struggled with it a lot but I think what ultimately emboldened me to do it was just I just I heard what what was said and how it was said and I saw it so clearly um and I I've been trying to trust I've been trying to trust my compass about why I see what I see and what what my seeing means Now that you've had the wonderful pleasure of hearing about Jeremy's play, we hope that you have a feel for what our Campus Conversation segment will be like. We already have some other awesome interviews in the pipeline for you, and we'll be hard at work getting those episodes ready. In the meantime, if you know someone who you think would be a good fit for this type of interview, definitely let us know. Shoot me an email at julia.marshall at yale.edu, and that's spelled J-U-L-I-A dot M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L at yale.edu. We also want to thank Jeremy again for allowing us the opportunity to see his play and interview him. We also want to thank Bara for organizing this meetup and Dean Slate for his time and effort in working with the podcast. This episode was produced by Nick Curry and Julia Marshall. Be sure to check us out at soundcloud.com backslash Yale Gradcast and on iTunes. Follow Yale Graduate Student Assembly on Facebook for more updates on new episodes and general GSA happenings. Have a great day. Yale Gradcast. Brought to you by the Graduate Student Assembly.